Hey, it's Justin, and it's Top 5 Week here at the ContenderCast, and I am excited to share with you that at number four for the year is Izzo Spirits. Izzo is a collection of Mexican spirits handcrafted in Durango, Sonora, and Tequila, Mexico. Um, you're going to love uh, this story from co-founder Gaston Martinez. He was on earlier this year, and a uh, really incredible, fast-growing brand um, in the beverage space. Enjoy, and remember that every winner started as a contender. Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann and the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. We're in the spirits space today. You're going to learn all about Izzo spirits on the podcast. I can't even wait for you to meet Gaston Martinez. Gaston, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Great. Thanks for having me here, man. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited you're here. I When we first got on the Zoom <laughs> call to start today, I said, I can't wait to hear about Izzo. And, and Gaston was like, I... I love talking about Izzo. Like I, it's my, it's the conversation all day, every day. I love it. Um, hey, listen. Before we get to your company and your product um, in the spirits industry, how about share a little bit about your background and like how did you even get into the space? Yeah, um, my name is Gaston Martinez. I'm actually I was born and raised in Durango, Mexico, and um, I moved uh, to the states like probably 15, 16 years ago. But it's always been something in the back of my mind to how can I translate my hometown, my heritage, my my culture, my my way of uh, celebrating life, uh, I mean, into uh, my new home now, right? And, uh, you know, mezcal was a natural uh, given for me because, uh, you know, uh, especially mezcal being in, in Durango for many, many years. I mean, the history shows like close to 500 years on, on the making of mezcal. And, and uh, that was kind of like a no-brainer for me. And, and mezcal has been always, uh, you know, present in my family. And uh, one of the things I, 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 I want to bring is that the way we produce these uh, uh, spirits is the same way that we drink the spirits in Mexico. And uh, how can you capture all that cultural heritage and, and story and, and we put it in a bottle? And that was like, uh, you know, oh my God, this is this is something great because. You know, now I can put that in, in, in people's tables, right? I mean, and, and, and sure. people's uh, restaurants and glasses. And, and that was kind of like, a, I mean, uh, how everything started, you know, like I want to bring that. And also want to create like a positive impact on the region that we are, you know, producing um, our mezcal. Uh, again, I'm from Durango and uh, definitely my, my goal was kind of like, hey, I want to bring some positive I mean, impact to, to that community. Sure. I love that. Um, so it's one thing to uh, desire to get into the industry, but I, you had you worked in it before? I mean, did because there's a lot to be said for not only making a product, but in the spirit space, right? There's all kinds of regulations. So how did you navigate well, some of the early days? Well, I mean, uh, yes, I'm being an entrepreneur all my life. And, uh, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of like... Uh, 
possibilities are endless, right? I mean, you right, just, of course, you look, <laughs> everything's look, possible. In front of you. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have that in your mind, right? If you have uh, that set up in your mind that you're an entrepreneur, I mean, you 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 don't you don't uh, listen to the word. I don't know. I can't. I mean, that, that's not for me. I mean, you just jump in. But based on your question, you know, yeah, I I used to be involved in the wine. Uh, I, I was a wine broker, and uh, kind of the wine is very related to, especially in Scal, but the spirits per se. Uh, and now we understand, you know, how important it is to connect with soil, mineral regions, and and uh, even though for Mescal pairings, you know, the food pairings for Mescal, and and uh, in Mescal, compared to any other spirit, you have regions and different varieties of agave. Very similar for wine. I mean, uh, even though you you know the Cabernet Sauvignon might taste beautiful in, in in California and Napa, but there's beautiful Cabernet Sauvignons in South America and in Europe, and and that kind of a, you know put everything together. Like uh, you know, I I just fall in love with wine, and the wine kind of I mean make me realize that mezcal was kind of a I mean a very close relative for how is the structure, you know, soil mineral. Sure. I mean, it's, it's just so fascinating. And from that, you know, and then taking the history and culture and all that, I mean, I would just, you know, put it together and then let's, let's, let's do it. Right. I love that. So great that you had experience in the industry. Did you know what products you were going to be developing out of the gate or was it one and then you've developed others over time? How did you think about that? That, that is, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we start with our, our mezcal. <laughs> mezcal is sure. kind of a... Our, our our grandfather for for uh, all the you know spirits that we now carry. Uh, but yeah, mezcal was the, the first one. And then uh, when uh, I realized you know how competitive and how you know difficult is to break the market, and you know it's just so many brands and so competitive, and they're bigger players, deeper pockets. Uh, I realized like uh, you know one one skew is not gonna make it. I mean. Uh, even though we have one of the best mezcals, I mean, in the market, I mean, nobody's going to know because you get lost sure. to the details and then you you kind of like, uh, and then slowly steady and in Durango, we also produce uh, uh, it's another type of spirit. And then we start doing ensembles, like uh, in wine, like a blends, you know, in sure. the, they call it ensemble in, 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 uh, in the mezcal world. And uh, we, we try to expand our, our portfolio and then we start connecting with the aging products, you know, that are rested in, in barrels. And then uh, after that, I thought like, this is natural for us to bring the tequila. You know, we need to have a tequila in a portfolio. And of we course. went all the way to the, to the top. It's, I mean, tequila that you can find, the Cristalino Extrañejo. Uh, that means three years age in a, in a barrel and then wow. go to a product of, uh, uh, you know, uh, a filter of um, uh, the color and all that. And then we add Bacanora and then we are just, I mean, when, when you start these, I mean, obviously there's, there's never an ending, you know, because I think as far as I know, we are the only company that we can bring from behind one single label, almost all the expressions from, from the Mexico, Mexican spirits. And that's pretty wow. Amazing. Um, so great. You knew the market, you knew how to source and you knew where to go. How did you get products? So you can, you probably knew how to get it made, I'm guessing, um, from different distributors or manufacturers. But how did you start to get product to market? Um, I mean, like, did you already have access through the distributors and distribution network? Or how did you think about that? Let me go back to your question. because 
we actually uh, uh, thinking about maybe finding a, a, a producer that will actually produce our product. Uh, I didn't like that idea. And we, we went all the way back. We actually own the distillery. We have our own team of Himalores. We, we, we cook, we ferment, we distill our own product. And, uh, you know, that creates a different scenario. Uh, Got it. Yeah. You, you might know distributors, but when you start talking now, I mean, uh, like a series, like, hey, I have this product, you know, obviously the, uh, the, there's so many uh, products in the market. It's just ridiculous, right? I mean, I'm sure, you, right. You need to stand out. You need to kind of be something that actually will, you know, make uh, the distributor think like, uh, well, this is unique. This is different. This is something that actually, you know, I haven't seen it in the market and, you know, I'm interested. And, and uh, even though if you know the distribution, you know, the, the, the liquor stores and all that, but the real uh, game star, when you bring the bottle and you talk about your product and they might, like, you know, consider, but remember, this is like a, a war out there. I mean, like, right. Totally. Yeah, I mean, you got to fight for shelf space and access, right? And trial. Um, really, really interesting. So, but you you brought up the point around owning the distillery. Is that a good? Is that a like a competitive advantage for you all, or is it more of an advantage for managing the quality and the you know kind of the 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 how it's made? Well, let me tell you, we control our destiny, and that's that's very important in in this type of uh, uh, you know entrepreneurial world. The, but it's obviously the more elements you have or more components you have in the whole puzzle, it, it gets complex, right? It gets tricky. But when you control that, you could, you control your destiny and then I don't have to depend on nobody else producing my product the way I want it, right? I mean, sure. I can control quality, I can control volume, I can control all that, I can control price and then, you know, creates a, a different scenario. But obviously, you know, uh, now we are managing two businesses, right? One in, in Durango, Mexico that actually produces and, and then the other one here in the U.S. that actually, you know, um, takes takes the product to the market, right? I mean, all the uh, pushing the, the, you know, the... The uh, you know positioning of, of product in the market and and, and it's just <laughs> it's quite a challenge, but it's good. That's wonderful. Um, and then, how have you as you built this organization? Did you have to hire salespeople and individuals to go out and market and sell, or have you been doing that, or how have you leaned into others to help build the brand? Well, I mean, just take this in consideration, right? I mean, the first uh, year, I was the one carrying the back, carrying the box. Right, of course. Knocking, That's what it should be, doors. right? <laughs> yeah, knocking doors and, and you know, trying to, uh, you know, uh, you know, open doors as, as many as uh, I could. Um, actually, one of my uh, biggest success, uh, I mean, in open doors was Costco. I oh mean, wow! Uh, Amazing. Costco, Costco was, uh, especially here in Southern California. I mean, in the San Diego area, uh, they didn't know anything about mezcal, and uh, I said, "Well, it's coming, and you need to be ready." And then uh, <laughs> it, it took me a while to co to convince them, and then they, they were like, uh, "Well, this is great." I mean, uh, we were the first mezcal. Uh, I mean, in Costco, uh, Southern California, but uh, I mean now. Obviously, uh, the market has uh, you know exploded and, and uh, you know sure. more options. But yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, for California, we decide this uh, uh, you know uh, kind of a run for us to control the market. Uh, we have our own sales team. We have our own ambassadors. We have our own you know uh, like a marketing agency, uh, sure. a, a PR agency. I mean, then we understand the market. 
You know, when when you just go out and and give the product to the distributor, you might get you might lose the touch what's happening in the streets, right? I sure. go uh, as much as I can. I mean, uh, visit accounts and and promoting and selling as much as I can, and then uh, uh, realizing what's the people, what actually people are 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 you know thinking about your product or, or demanding or looking for. And right. because you talk to the bartenders, to the uh, you know uh, managers, or, or even to uh, the, the retail, I mean, the, uh, uh, reps, and, and and then everybody can give you a feedback of what's going on. But uh, yeah, sure. definitely, I mean, having that help us to kind of manage, you know, our uh, better our decisions, where to go, and how to approach the market, and uh, different uh, you know regions, different uh, you know approaching. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been all hand, hands on in all markets. I'm sure. Wow. Um, so exciting. And then how have you built like awareness? Do you have to build like demand uh, awareness of your brand with end shoppers or consumers? Or is that done by the retailer? How do you, how do you think about that? No, I mean, basically, as, as, a, as a brand owner, you have you cannot be the, the responsible one for create awareness. The branding, the marketing side kind of belongs to the uh, brand owner. Uh, I mean, uh, distributors and retailers and even restaurants. Restaurants are a little bit different because if you get a deal in a restaurant and they put you in the menu as a cocktail and they use you your product as a cocktail, then you have sure. sales kind of, uh, you know, and very easy access to, to people to get, get to know your product. But otherwise, I mean, is is the social media is the is the branding events. I mean, we do a lot of events uh, in in especially in California when we set up you know a booth and you know we give away product. I mean, every week, uh, and then you have to be willing to do that, you know. And then you just have that kind of tasting, you know. People try your product, and then you buy your product with you know potential consumers and like, oh yeah, I tried it. Oh, this is good. Or or you get the, the actual feedback, like a focus group in a way. Right. And, and, but uh, yeah, this is, this is uh, I mean, I'm going in that you have to do, I mean, all, all year round. And what are keys to growth as you look to the next six to 12 months for you? Is it additional products? Is it more presence in different stores? How do you think about that? I think our key right now is just to find the right distributor that actually will uh, help us to connect with uh, a larger number of accounts. Uh, I mean, we 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 take very seriously who's gonna, who's going to be our partner, right? I mean, like uh, uh, they need to be somebody that actually understands, you know, the the concept and the, the spirits and and our sure. brand. Our brand is is a is a luxury brand and is is uh, is a premium brand, and definitely, I don't I don't I don't want to say that. I mean, that nobody will understand why you have to pay you know x amount of dollars for for this product, but. When when you understand the the market and the concept and all that, you you know that, that that's a really fair price for for the sure. product. But uh, yeah, for for us to grow now, I mean, uh, yeah, we we are. I mean, actually, you know, hitting the uh, the, the best way with the, uh, one of the largest distributors here in, in the U.S. And I think that's going to be our next move. Love that. I love to ask our guests some of their biggest lessons learned in, in launching and growing a brand. Um, you've been an entrepreneur, and then here you are in the spirit space. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our show. What would be two or three things you'd offer to them in terms of advice, uh, things you've learned in your experience? Oh, well, I mean, 
The, it's going to sound cliche, but like uh, you never give up, right? I mean, there's times that you're going to go like, uh, what am I doing here? I mean, this is hard. <laughs> right. I mean, this is like, I mean, are you sure this is the right way? I mean, the, but again, I mean, I think that we, we, we talked about this earlier a little bit. Like, uh, you know, you need to be focused on what you really are looking for and just, you know, push forward. Through, sure. the, through, the, through that journey, you know, you're going to have a, little, a bunch of bumps, you know, like uh, people <laughs> telling you you can, I mean, running out of money, I mean, the uh, product are not, you know, getting delivered or, you know, I mean, the, they're not connecting with the right distributor. I mean, so many things. But one of the things I would say, you know, have very clear in your mind where you want to go. I mean, and, and that's kind of seems like a very easy, but sometimes it's not. You know, like, uh, sure. Okay. What, what is the goal of, of, of me doing this? You know, I mean, uh, do you want to like a build a brand? Do you want to just create your own business? You want to just, you know, uh, employ yourself and, you know, I'm okay. I have this. You want to create like a, this massive, you know, kind of, uh, you know, business or, or, or idea that you can, you know, go to market and then you can sell it. Sure. It's important to understand where where you're heading, where where you actually uh, want to go, and and then uh, also I have three elements that are very important in in I think any kind of business, right? I mean, the, is the people that you're getting around, uh, and then the process you have to have a really good process, and and uh, at the end is the product. I mean, you might have a good product. I mean, you might have a good process, but you don't have the right people. I mean, this is not one man show. I mean, I have business partners. I have investors. I have, you know, all the, you know, all the things that you need to have in order to to take it to the next level, right? I mean, sure, absolutely. uh, I mean, those three elements, you know, and and have a clear idea where you're heading. I mean, it's very important, and and uh, when. Time gets tough. I mean, just remember that, you know, where you're going. And, and I think, you know, it, it worked. I love it. So cool. Uh, great story and awesome le- lessons learned. Um, headquartered in San Diego. Uh, Gaston, so great meeting you uh, where you are today. I know there's lots of runway in front of you. You got to come back on down the road and share more stories with us as you continue to grow. Um, sure. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, learn more about the brand, etc. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have a nice, uh, I mean, uh, Instagram account. If you guys want to follow us, uh, Iso Spirits, uh, that's our Instagram. If you want to check our website, it's uh, isospirits.com. And uh, you have all the information, I mean, where, where we sell the product. And you can order online if that's your, your desire. And you you learn a little bit about our process of products and who we are and all the good stuff. But again, uh, for Instagram, is at isospirits. And for our website, is isospirits.com. Love it. Gaston, so great having you with us today. You got to come back. And uh, thanks for making the time. We're real excited for you guys. I uh, appreciate it. No, thank you. Appreciate it. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.